Welcome to this episode of The Brilliant Brand Show. On today's episode, I'm talking about rule number six for building a brilliant brand. Hope you're ready to challenge the way you're thinking. Now let's get into the show. Welcome to The Brilliant Brands Show. I'm Justin Keller, former accidental marketer and creative director turned church branding expert and entrepreneur. Each episode, I'm unpacking the strategies that I've used to help churches all across America make their story, their brand visuals, and their marketing so brilliantly clear that it's impossible to ignore them. And now, it's your turn. I hope you're ready to challenge the way you see things, rebel against complacency, comfort, and conformity, and find your untold brilliance. Now, let the show begin. Welcome to this episode of The Brilliant Brand Show. I'm Justin Keller, your host. And as always, I just want to start out by saying I'm grateful to be here with you, grateful to be part of what you're doing there as a church. And so thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. And I got to admit, I haven't stayed as consistent as I'd like to on some of these episodes here and haven't been able to pump out as much content as I'd like to. It's been a really busy season, but this is something I really want to do. This is something I'm doing to hopefully add value to what you're doing there as a ministry. And so as much as I'd like to have this be every single week, that's always my goal. There have been times I've had to choose to just focus on a lot of client work and internal stuff that's going on here and get to some of these episodes as I can. So Thank you for those of you who are sticking with it. You're being patient and you're having grace for me and understanding that, look, we're just doing the best we can with what we the time that we have and playing our own game here. And so I hope you're enjoying the content so far up to this point. And I'm really looking forward to getting into this episode. Now, speaking of this episode, it's been a little bit of a tougher episode for me to knock out. And I've actually sat down and tried to record it more than one time now. And the reason why it's been hard for me is we're talking about vision, but the the thing that we're talking about is the idea that vision doesn't lead. And I know the majority of you, the moment I said vis, vision doesn't lead, the majority of you are already getting your defenses up. You're ready to tell me why it does. But when it comes to building a brand, vision isn't accomplished by casting it. Vision requires action, and it requires you delivering on what you say, because a big vision without follow through, it's just a lofty dream that probably won't be obtained. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about vision, but the priority that it has inside of your brand and building your organizations there. I know that most of you listening to this are going to fall into the category, much like myself, as a visionary or working alongside of somebody who is a visionary. And listen, I'm not saying that vision isn't important. It's vital. Vision is vital for your organization as a church. It's vital for me and my business and my relationships. But I just think that we've given vision the wrong priority when it comes to building our brands as a church. And so that's what we're going to talk about uh, today. And I just want to restate something. When I'm talking about the word brand, I want to go back to the definition that we laid out for you in episode number three, where your brand is defined by what others say you are. So your brand, it's what others say you are. It's not just your logo. It's not just the visuals. Your brand is what others say you are. And go back and listen to episode three. I go into all of that. But every brand is being defined. You know, what people are saying you are, it's being defined by five components. So 
I just want to restate this as we're talking about the word brand and we're talking about vision being connected to building your brand. Every brand is being defined by five components. The things that are shaping what people say about you, the who they say you are, that's being defined by five components inside of every single brand. That's the brand voice, the brand visuals, the brand culture, the brand experience that's on-site and online, and then the brand strategies. And all of this is inside of my book, Rebel Brands, and I go into more of that. And it's also inside of some of the previous episodes, I believe starting at episode number three, so check those out. But so when I talk about vision being given the wrong priority in building your brand, I'm really talking about how vision isn't enough to shape culture vision uh, and vision isn't enough to be the message for your brand and it's not enough to create the right experiences that you that people are going to have on site and online now maybe you've heard what i've heard so many leaders say they they'll say that people just don't know our vision and i would i would just argue that you know vision has been heard it's just never been made uniquely personal for everyone that you want to buy into that vision. So I don't think it is an issue sometimes that people don't know our vision, that they haven't heard our vision. I just argue the vision's been heard. It just hasn't been made uniquely personal for everyone that you need to buy into that vision. And so we're going to talk about this in that episode. And like I said, it's been a hard one to record, but I've had to keep reminding myself of the purpose behind everything that I'm doing and this podcast being one of those things. And that is, it's really simple. I'm here to challenge the way that you see things so that you can rebel against complacency, comfort, and conformity and find your untold brilliance. And I'm hoping that this today, this episode does just that. And so I'm just asking you to get ready to challenge your thinking here on the episode. Now, real quick, before I go into the the meat of this episode what i wanted to do was make mention about a free coaching lesson that i have for you and this free coaching lesson is called permission to persist so many times we make excuses about not leading change about you know we can't get all of this done so we're really getting nothing done but i want to give you permission to persist inside of your organizations and make big big things happen but i want to help you break it down piece by piece and so i've got a free coaching lesson for you at brilliantbrands.com forward slash coaching. You don't even have to give me your email. This isn't so that I can start spamming you. It's so that I can add value to you. And inside of that, you're gonna we're gonna talk about the mindset that every creative must have in order to lead change. And then the reasons that your ideas are getting dismissed and not embraced by your leaders. And then I'm gonna give you an actionable plan to start making progress in all five areas of your brand, those five areas that I just talked about. So I just wanted to make mention of that. I wanna add value to you, and not every one of you will be someone that I'm able to come work with side by side in your organizations, but there are things like this that I can do to help coach you along the way. And so go to brilliantbrands.com forward slash coaching to access that. Now let's get into this episode. Rule number six for building a brilliant brand. All right, so rule number six is this. And again, this is coming from my book, Rebel Brands, 10 New Rules for Building a Brilliant Brand. And rule number six is cast vision, but lead with promises kept. Now you've heard it. Maybe you've said this, those words, it's not our vision. And that's been sort of a staple statement for accountability inside of organizations. But this is problematic because most visions for churches that are stated are either so lofty 
or they're so generic that there's no measurable metric for that. Let me give you kind of an example. So on the lofty side, you may hear someone say, we see a church of 10,000 people with four campuses. But the reality is that right now, you know, you're a church of 750 people in one city and not even growing at that campus. So sure, that sounds inspirational. And, you know, I'm sure it's, you know, motivating for a season at least. But once somebody gets to know you, they're going to know that, man, that's not actually really that possible for us. It doesn't mean that people don't love your church. It just means that that vision is so lofty that you're casting. They just don't get it. And they're probably just saying, hey, that sounds great, but that's not likely. So what they're, what this causes is there's no belief in this case. So when a vision is so lofty, what that does is it's, it causes there to be no belief. Now on the generic side, when, a, when a, a vision is so generic, you know, that could look like something like this. Our vision is to love God, love people, and change the world. Now, it goes back to something we talked about in a previous episode about mission statements, why they don't belong in your marketing. But this statement is very similar. It's very generic. You know, really, how how much of a filter is there for people to make daily decisions and for you to build culture, which is culture is just behaviors and beliefs around that. Really none. I mean, other than are you loving God? Yes. Do you love people? Are you trying to change the world? There's no daily actionable things that can be done to make sure that that end goal hopefully is change the world or what am I measuring? What is it to love God? There's nothing actionable. It's so generic that it really doesn't have anything that you can hold people accountable for. And so when it's so generic, there's no accountability. So like I said, when it's so lofty, there's no belief. And then when it's so generic, there's no accountability. Now in my book, I I described vision sort of as this, the declaration of what we hope to accomplish. And that's it. Uh, You know, and I think I would even revise that now if I could. And I would probably state it that it's the realistic declaration of what we hope to accomplish. And the reason why I'm saying realistic is I think that's really a missing component uh, and that we need to talk about is that it can't just be so lofty. This needs to be realistic. I think we spend a lot of time trying to cast new vision for these really big things that sound inspirational. But if they aren't realistic, you know, I think that it would do us some good to reevaluate the priority that it has. And more importantly, reevaluate what we're communicating about that. And so what I want to do in this episode for you is look at the four problems when leading with vision. So let's just make this practical and talk about the four problems when leading with vision. Again, I'm not saying that vision is bad. It's vital. I'm just saying to not lead with it. All right. So issue number one, and we've sort of touched on this, but issue number one would be this, that your vision lacks accountability. So what typically happens is we'll have what I would call a pep rally. You know, we get together and we gather, whether that's a congregation or a staff, we cast a really big vision. You know, we even make it beautiful with campaigns, good looking collateral, videos. And what we do is we leave everyone on a temporary high. But my question is, what happens when that pep rally ends? You know, your team, I believe, would really, really love to move toward that vision. But all they can see in front of them is the day-to-day responsibilities that they have in front of them. That was me on staff for many years. I wanted to buy into the big vision. I wanted to see the big things accomplished, but we had 
we had a lot of issues and a lot of things to solve first in front of us before that could ever even be possible. And so that was hard for us to move toward the ultimate vision with no accountability to the day-to-day things that need to get done. It was just a great statement. It was a great idea, but there was nothing actionable for us and nothing hold us accountable. You know, I was thinking about Amazon, all right? And so uh, in 1995, when Jeff Bezos started it, I believe was the year, you know, the name Amazon was reflective of the vision that Jeff Bezos had for Amazon, which is to produce a large-scale phenomenon like the Amazon River. All right, so that's a pretty big, lofty vision. And I mean, even just five years, I believe five years after its inception, they were already at, I believe, $5 billion in revenue. And that's in five years. Just to put that into perspective, uh, it took Walmart almost 20 years to be able to get to that point. So he was moving very quickly toward that goal of creating that Amazon, that phenomenon uh, that everyone would notice and talk about, which we all know to be so true right now. But what is so great is he didn't have to come out and cast vision for what he saw. He, he just had to give people something that they could be held accountable so that the actions moved them toward the vision that he had. So now we would use brand promises in our communications framework, the Brilliant Brands framework that we created we use brand promises, okay? And those are the core commitments that we commit to delivering every time. These are not a list of seven, five, ten aspirational values. These are the two or three brand promises that we can deliver on and ensure that we're all consistently moving toward uh, to help us accomplish the vision that we have. For Bezos, it looked like this. He used this as his accountability metric, and I love, I love this for them. He said, we, we work, and this was stated in an uh, SEC filing, and he said, we work to earn repeat purchases by providing easy-to-use functionality, fast and reliable fulfillment, timely customer service, feature-rich content, and trusted transaction environment, and a trusted transaction environment. So what I love about this is you can actually put this back to something that's measurable. There's accountability. So if I'm going to create this thing, this Amazon thing, this the, the phenomenon that I have a vision for, he's saying I need to help them know how. I don't necessarily have to tell them that this is going to be the world's biggest thing, that we're going to take over Whole Foods someday. We're probably going to sell prescription drugs online someday. I don't need to tell people all of that right now today. I just need to get them to do this. Re- they need to earn repeat purchases. That They can't be a phenomenon if they can't earn repeat purchases. We have to provide easy-to-use functionality, which Amazon delivers on. They have to have fast, reliable fulfillment and timely customer service. All these things are the, the accountability that the vision needs. And that is what's missing oftentimes from the big vision that we have is the accountability. It's the how is this going to happen? You know, speaking of Amazon, I was sitting having breakfast with my son and there was two elderly gentlemen that were probably, I would say above 75 and they were sitting there and they were talking about ordering something on Amazon and how amazing that experience was and it wasn't the right thing all they had to do was take the shipping label put it on it and send it back they were raving about all of the things that Jeff Bezos said that we we re, we work to earn repeat purchases they talked about using it multiple times the ease of functionality fast and reliable fulfillment timely customer service all of these things were being done. And it, again, your brand's defined by what people say you are. Those older gentlemen that were sitting across from me at breakfast, 
they were defining the brand that Bezos envisioned and that Bezos is setting out to create that is leading him toward the vision that he has for being that phenomenon that the world talks about. And so he doesn't need every employee to know that that's what they're trying to do is create a phenomenon like the Amazon River. He just needs everyone to make consistent decisions in their day-to-day and deliver on those commitments and move them closer to the goal. And that is what brand promises would do. That's why vision doesn't lead, but promises kept is what you need to lead with. In George Barna's book, The Power of Vision, he quoted Tim Cook. And I love this. Tim Cook from Apple said, visionaries are constantly fighting conventional wisdom because they see the world ahead in terms of what it can be if someone is willing to look at things in in very different ways. And I love that because oftentimes the vision is so large. It's so far off in the future that really only the visionary can see it clearly. And That leads me to the problem number two when we lead with vision. Vision isn't one size fits all. What I mean by that is it's typically not personal to everyone. It starts with you as the leader. It's something that you've thought of, that you've really sat on and you see possible. And if it's your organization that you're leading as a senior pastor, don't just jump right now in your head to saying, well, it's our vision for the church. It really started with you. It was something that God probably showed you personally first. And not everyone can keep up with your vision, all right? And you need to think about your vision like a pizza. And so take a whole pizza. And this is something I talk about inside of the book. But I used to actually go camping in the backyard of my house growing up. That was considered camping. But I'd sleep in a tent. And my best buddy and I, we would order, it was Papalino's Pizza. And it was this huge pizza that would come and this is my teen, so I could actually get away with this at the time. But we would both get our own large pizza, and we would devour the whole thing. Now, very few people can do that without at least feeling sick. And But that was something that he and I could do. I like to think that I could actually still devour a whole pizza. But think about your vision like that pizza, all right? Not everybody can devour the whole thing. Not everyone's ready for the whole pizza. In your organization, this is no different. Very few can handle that. In your organization, most of the people that you need to actually execute and achieve, uh, move things forward toward the vision, they can only handle a slice at a time. And so no matter how big the vision is, if it's not broken down and made applicable to the executors, then the vision becomes a burden and not a motivator. And I know that's not what you intend. You don't want this to be a burden. You want the vision to be something that motivates them, but it has to be broken down and made applicable to the executors. And then that vision won't be a burden. It will be a motivator for you. So start looking at the big vision that you have, all right? Whatever that might be, and then breaking it down to how it applies to each area of ministry and then get them moving toward that. Let me give you an example. Let's say if you're going to launch a multi-site uh, for the first time or another campus, but and I'm going to use brand identity as an example since that's something that I'm very familiar with. You might say, you know, we just need to have a more consistent, uh, a transferable look that fits regionally wherever we go, and it needs to be easily managed by multiple people so that it stays consistent and people know who we are just by the way that they see us presented. And so, in that case, instead of going and talking about all the, you know, the big vision for multi-sites, 10 locations, 20 locations, however many that may be, 
you don't even have to talk about the multi-site thing with them yet. You just need to go and start talking with them about, hey, how consistent do you think our brand would be if we were more than one location ever? You know, are we positioned for our brand to be transferable no matter what region we in, no region we are in, or no matter what state we are in? You know, what would it take for us to get there? And then you're going to let them give you that feedback that tells you, well, no, we're not maybe, and you know, we really don't have the bandwidth to, to get that there. We really need to either stop doing these other projects or hire someone else to help us with this. So what you're going to do by not leading with vision, you're going to worry about just figuring out what do they need and where are we at, and you start to get them moving toward the end goal without even having to tell them where you're going. That's, you know, that is what leadership is all about, is moving people toward the goal and not necessarily having to show them this is where we're going to land. I think it's more fun sometimes to be able to not even tell people the big vision sometimes for things and be able to look back and say, look what we did. And you as a leader knew that that was always what you wanted to do. So you need to be able to uh, look at the vision from all angles and then make it personal to each key stakeholder. You know, that's from the staff to the congregation and everyone that's in between. Now, the third problem is that vision is personal. John Maxwell said that leaders must be close enough to relate to others, but far enough ahead to motivate them. Now, most of us have no issue with being far enough ahead. No, we have no issue with seeing what's possible down the road, but it's the close enough to relate to others. And it sort of touches back on what I was just talking about with that example of, you know, having a new brand identity to become a multi-site campus that's consistent with your, your visuals. The key that Maxwell said in this statement was motivate them, you know, being far enough ahead to motivate them and close enough to relate to each other. And so, you can't motivate people if you're not close to them and you don't know what actually matters to them. That's why the vision has to become personal, not just to you, but the vision has to become our vision. You have to let people see themselves advancing this thing and let them see this not as your vision that you're casting. Let them see this as something that we're doing together in the organization. And I know you may think that that's what you're already doing, but after working with over 100 churches in the last five years, probably, that's not common practice. You know, a lot of times it's, oh, that's his vision and not our vision. And so when you actually get close to your people, you when you let them, you know, speak into where things are going, you're going to be able to then come back when you cast that vision. You're going to be able to connect that to them. They have to see themselves as part of this vision. All right. And then the fourth thing is this, the fourth problem when leading with vision, vision sets false expectations. There's really two ways that this happens. First, of course, in your staff and congregation, you know, we can set these huge aspirational goals without really any realistic possibility of it being accomplished. And that's, uh, you know, that's not a good thing. There's a lot of organizations that spend a lot of time just casting these big ideas, thinking that's what it takes to motivate people, but then nothing ever gets ha- nothing ever gets accomplished. And so, as, although it sounded great, really just leaves people disappointed uh, when they don't see that happen. And so, that's also why the vision should be a realistic expectation of what we hope will happen. And, you know, that's why I'd rather build a vision around two or three brand promises that we're already delivering on, and then show the results of those promises kept connected to a realistic larger vision uh, when we continue to keep these promises. But what I want to do is I don't really want to focus on the expectations, the false expectations that it can cause inside of your staff or congregation. I want to talk to the pastors right now. I want to talk to the leaders out there 
And I think this is actually more important that um, more than your congregation, more than your staff, I really believe that the danger lies in repeatedly having false expectations on yourself and becoming a disappointed leader. When we lead ourselves with vision alone like this and not promises kept, I really do believe the danger is that we can become a disappointed leader. And I know that it's disappointing when things don't work out. I know that it hurts when people turn on you. I know that it, it's not fun when it costs you money and you have to start over. Um, I know it crushes uh, it crushes pride when you have when you fall short of big goals and ideas. But a lot of this really just goes back to: Are you putting pressure on yourself to push farther than what is realistic in the season that you're in right now? Whether that's the resources, the staff you have, whatever that might be, are you actually? forcing yourself to have a bigger vision than what's realistic based on the season that you're in and even what maybe God has called you to do as a church and as an organization. And we let that lead us. And I believe that that becomes a dangerous thing. Vision is vital, but it goes back to how realistic is it that we can actually accomplish this and get this done. I love what former CEO uh, and chairman uh, of GE, Jack Welch said. He said, You've got to eat while you dream. You've got to deliver on short-range commitments while you develop a long-range strategy and vision and implement it. The success is in doing both. Walking and chewing gum, if you will, getting it done in the short range and delivering a long-range plan and executing on that. Walking and chewing gum at the same time just means that you get to wake up every day with that larger-than-life vision that you have. You get to walk around believing that there really is no limit to what you can accomplish, but you have to be able to compartmentalize that and, uh, just a little bit. And there's going to be times when you'll have to even maybe shelve the vision of the future in order to keep the promises of today inside of your organization. And just as Welch said, you know, you've got to deliver on short-range commitments while you develop a long-range strategy and vision and implement it. And that's what keeping promises and leading with promises kept does. Protecting your vision is best accomplished by keeping brand promises daily. You have to trust that your long-term success will be guaranteed if you're succeeding with the daily and the short term. Remember that promises kept protects your culture. All right, now in the next Extra Consideration episode, I'm going to give you the three components you need to create buy-in with any vision or any big idea. But for now, thank you for listening to this episode. And if you would do me a huge favor, I would really appreciate it if you'd head over and rate and review the show on iTunes. What that does, it just helps people know what to expect. And if this is challenging you in any way and it's been helpful for you in any way, that helps share that. And that helps people know what they can expect with the show. And so I appreciate you doing that. And as always, let's stay connected on social media. You can find me everywhere at Keller Thinks. And then if you have specific comments or feedback you want to send me, just shoot me an email. That's justin at justinkeller.com. All right, until next time, make today great. Thank you for listening to today's episode. The Brilliant Brand Show is powered by Circle 50 Creative. You can learn more about how we help ministries solve critical ministry moments with the right message, brand visuals, and strategies at circle50.com.